0: Well, hello there and welcome back to season. Well, I don't know what season it is, but it's 2024 edition of the My Love of Golf podcast. There's that many seasons being under the belt now. We're getting, going to hit our 300th episode very soon. And it's great to be back in your ears. And we do thank every one of you from Australia, from around the world that chooses to tune into the My Love of Golf podcast week in, week out. Yes, we are back. We've had a little bit of a break. Pre-Christmas uh, was the last podcast. It's now the 11th of January and uh, I've got the great man, Scott Carter in here. We've had a couple of uh, off-season meetings so we are pumped and primed for a big year in 2024 a lot to get through there's going to be a whole host of content this year coming down the pipeline we are absolutely confident 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 of that and uh, it's great to have you back on board let's bring the great man in scotty carter and uh, kick this year off thing I'm confident about is that uh, I've turned the camera on and Scott Carter is there to join and it's great to have you back for uh, season 2024 approaching episode 300. Uh, Thank you. Scott, how are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, Roscoe. uh, Yeah, mate, happy New Year
1: to you too. I'm good. It's the 11th of Jan. It's probably not, we're probably almost approaching the date where it's too late to say that, but not quite yet. But happy New Year, Roscoe, to you, everyone. Um, We have had a couple of off-season meetings. It's been a ton of fun and uh, yeah, a ton of fun to get back in the seat
0: for 2024, mate. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm still getting a couple of happy new years, yeah, a couple of, a couple of late happy new year messages, but uh yeah, you're right. Um look, it's a crazy time of the year because it just goes so quick, you know. It just seems like yesterday was Christmas, then New Year's Day, you know, I was standing in front of the TV at 11 a.m. watching the uh the British fireworks, the the London and the Edinburgh fireworks and that's sort of when my wife and I sort of really get a bit emotional about New Year's Eve. Uh for us, um And uh, now it's the 11th and we're staring down the barrel of February. There's a lot to get through, mate. Uh, There's been a bit of golf. Um, Namely, you've probably had several games of golf during the break and we certainly had uh, one game of golf together, uh, which I thought we played pretty well at. But uh, as as it is in these corporate charity uh, golf days, you've really got to be firing on all cylinders to to pick them up. How was your off-season break golf, mate? Mate, to be honest the only golf I've played is with you because
1: this is definitely my my quiet season cuz kids are out of school so I don't have them distracted and looked after um and uh, and the wife's back at work so yeah unfortunately school holidays for me is when golf uh, actually shuts down but um but I did enjoy getting out for that event there last week mate that was a ton of fun um, we had great company in Steve in our little group, but then also the group that we were playing with the other threesome. Um, the the uh, Eccles family was just, a, I mean, so good to play with those guys. I think their combined handicap was uh, for the day was plus point, you know, zero three three. So all very solid golfers, and um, but to be able to play alongside Benny Eccles in the form that he's in, having the season that he's having, um, was was a treat. Really was.
0: That was and the day that you're talking about, and must give a absolute huge shout out to, to uh, Kieran from the Teared Up Golf Podcast. Uh, a great example of uh, podcasts in Australia sticking together. And uh, Kieran and I have you know known each other for oh, going on a couple of years now, and you know we don't play a heap of golf. We played golf together, but uh, when we bumped into each other at the uh, Aussie up at the Australian Open, um, he invited us to to bring a team down to the Teared Up Golf Podcast Day at the Sands at Torquay. And it was a star-studded uh, lineup that he had down there. He's got everyone that's on the golf team at Geelong Football Club uh, playing along. He had uh, quite a few of his pro uh, mates that he's you know either interviewed or, or friends with. Benny Eccles is certainly one of the founders of the Teed Up Golf podcast, and we had the pleasure of uh, the Eccles Trio. Um, James Eccles is also a gun golfer, by the way. Yeah, he and was good, wasn't he? <laughs> and could have actually um, stolen the limelight from his, you know, leading order of merit uh, brother, Ben. Uh, we had a great day. And uh, to see Stevie Jennings um, down there, who actually also is friends with uh, – the Eccles boys. It was quite interesting. Yeah, Benny said, oh, how do you know Steve? I said, well, I've known him for about 25 years. Probably haven't seen him in 24. So it was great to catch up with uh, Stevie Wonder. Um, always good. But yeah, great day down there. And, and um, Q raised a heap of money for uh, Prostate Cancer Foundation. You know, Dylan Barkley was all that down there and he just did a great job. So very good to support that and, uh, you know, we just turned up for a game of golf and it was good to have a bit of a team meeting on the way back. And, you know, again, we uh, signed off on those uh, lucrative contracts uh, in blood that we um, apply to each other and uh, and here we are back.
1: Yeah, we got that locked in. Um, Yeah, I I just want to shout out as well, like it's the first time I've met Q um, and any of those guys but they were super welcoming and, um, as you said, mate, put on a great event. Um, raised some great money for a great cause, and it was just, just good fun. Good yeah. fun day. Um, I think the Eagles boys shot 16 under off the stick, Roscoe. Did you take note of that? 16 under. No,
0: um, no, no. They did not win, by no. the way. Did not win. What, what, I thought we did okay as well. I thought we did we okay. What was the actual winning score? Of- it was like... 21 under or something like
1: that. It's like... Oh, something ridiculous. Like those, yeah, that um, there were some low scores uh, and low handicaps as well. Like they're all, uh, didn't look like there was any kind of real burglars out there. Everyone was, uh, you know, could carry themselves. So there was a lot of birdies to be had at the Sands at Torquay last week. That's for sure. Uh,
0: I just want to also, while we're talking about that, make a shout out to Zach Toohey from the Geelong Football Club. Now, Zach was maybe episode 25 uh, of the Mile of Golf podcast. Um, and if you go back to that one, uh, it was a really good chat. Zach and I sat down after um, the Vic Open had a chat about, you know, his life and career in, in, in golf and it's when he just moved to Geelong. Uh, down there we talked about his uh, love of um, trying to wind me up on the uh, tee and uh, get under my skin, you know, like um, it was great that he was playing behind us because I really did feel some of that Zach Tilly heat and uh, and everyone else got to see it and have the benefit uh, at my expense. Um, yeah, he didn't. Uh, he didn't take too long to uh, let me know that he was uh, just uh, coming over the back. Yeah. Uh, the back shoulder, did he?
1: Was a little chirp there, Roscoe, and it did, did have an impact. So you and I might have a little bit to talk about with the whole mental mastery stuff. But uh, you know, yeah, no, that was that was uh, fun. Maybe it was a bit of fun.
0: Uh, on that, I know we've been talking about getting your session with Jamie Glazier up and running, and that is definitely still happening for those that love. The Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Yeah, uh, you know, Steve Jennings, who we played with down there, is one of us. Talking to Jamie um, several times in the off season. That's definitely a continuing project for Jamie and myself. And we've got some great things happening there. So, you know, your live session there. I guess if, I'm not sure if that's the right way. Jamie will give it the right term. But yeah, you know, g- going through this mental performance coaching in a podcast form. I think you're gonna um, see a lot more of that coming from that podcast and you'll be the, the first one and I think we're we'll going going to try and find a few other guests to, you know, really help sort of analyze what's happening in their mental game and, and really turn that podcast into a really productive uh, tool and resource for not only the people that come on, but you know, then the people that listen that you know, share some commonality and rather than just, you know, Jamie and I talking about different concepts and how it affects me, we're going to do it with a number of people. So it's a really good idea and I think Jamie's going to Las Vegas soon, but, you know, just getting the timings right. So um, we'll be back yeah. with that and uh, you're going to help and we're going to talk about it more here as well as um, wealth during the year. Okay. Um, the other thing golf-wise for me, I didn't play any other golf in the off-season, but I did do some product testing uh in the moment um just released the video on the callaway ai smoke that new range of product Ah, oh, you can check it out on drum youtube and you can have a laugh at me on on youtube if you want to but if you want to know a little bit more about the new callaway product because there are people out there that do really get off on on learning about new gear and what and need some new gear and want to buy some new gear and all that sort of thing and, and that's why people like me exist um you can check that out and currently in the final stages of producing the new one on the tailor-made QI 10. There's a heap of content out there, but um, my video will come out next day. And uh, But yeah, that's always a fun time, you know, sneaking around the, the golf course with uh, a bag full of yet-to-be-released uh, product that I've signed NDAs and embargoes and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, it's one of the pleasures and privileges that I've, you know, had to be able to sort of do in the last few years. And um, so I've hit all of that new stuff and it's really, really good. Uh, it does everything that it says, you know, the marketing hype is is real. Um, there's a lot of spin that goes behind selling products and any products, not just golf. And you know, these brands get sort of lambasted from time to time about, you know, newer, greater, longer, further, and repeat, rinse, repeat every year. It's amazing to think that you know, they can actually do more each year. And I don't know if there is a stop when it's going to stop. Maybe a rollback of a driver head might stop it. I don't know. But right now they continue mm. to develop, you know, this AI technology that basically making the ball go straighter. Um, you know, you and I don't hit the face, the center of the face that often. If we use the driver 13 times in a round, you know, we might find the middle once, but every other time we're, we're hitting all around the middle. And you know, in the in the past, it's those ones that sort of go a bit further left, further right, don't go quite as far, and that sort of miss is what's really the focus of all of the brands, not just Callaway and TaylorMade, but all of the brands, yeah. making that miss go as straight as possible and as far as possible. So maintaining maintaining ball speed. Um, I've used that term maintenance of ball speed that many times in the last week. <laughs> it's, but <laughs> I've hit them all, and that's what they do. Um, anyway, more on that, uh, you can check it out on YouTube, at the Drummer Golf, whatever. Very good. Uh, there was some real golf being played, not just um, you and I and uh, Josh Golfing Scotland. Sorry, we in the, in the middle of recapping and shout outs and welcomes to the country. Um, welcome to uh, Australia uh, Golfing Scotland. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about Josh Ralston, Dr. Josh Ralston, Professor Josh Ralston from the University of Edinburgh. Uh, who's a member at North Berwick, uh, hails out of Temecula, California. Uh, Temecula is the uh, same hometown as uh, Ricky Fowler and Joe Scovran and all that sort of crew. crew. So Josh lives in America, that's where we met. Oh, we met, sorry, in Edinburgh. Lives in... Yep. I'll repeat... Josh is an American, lives in Edinburgh. We met in Edinburgh and we play a bit of golf together when we hook up there. He's over here for a few months and we had our first game the other day. Uh, His very first game in Australia was at Peninsula Kingswood. It was looking absolutely magnificent despite the fact that it took an absolute, as all did Melbourne, uh, 60 millimetres of rain on the Monday. It was absolutely pristine come Tuesday morning at 738 And um, we both went out there and shot about a 1,000, but uh, it was a great day playing 36. So welcome to Australia, Josh. We might try and get him on the podcast. He's become a bit of a podcast sensation with his um, knowledge on the uh, Saudi involvement in sport and in particular golf. So it's really fallen into his wheelhouse. He's a professor in Muslim, Christian... Um, global religion and the sort of world that exists between those two religions, and uh, he's published author, written scholar, academic at you know one of the best universities in the world. But the whole golf scene has fallen into his lap in terms of his his area of expertise. So he's mm. been on state of the game. He's been on several other podcasts. Um, we might get him on here at uh, some point uh, during his uh, three month tenure in Australia as he's trying to you know, do some um, academic writing. Otherwise no. Yeah, we
1: should play. definitely get him back on Roscoe. He uh we had him on for the preview of the open last year and that was good fun. It, um, was, it, was,
0: it was after that with the, his whole podcast career kicked off, let's be honest. You know, he came oh, on another to, example of the
1: M log Mojo in play, like we, just we basically
0: trampling people's careers. Basically kicked him off in a podcast world, and you know he's now struts around like a you know a, the the world uh, global podcaster uh, on tour. Uh, no, he's out here doing some academic writing, otherwise known as playing every sandbelt course <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> well, he uh, started
1: yeah. at the top, didn't he? Or you know near, near the top anyway, Ross. Um, but he started started in uh, one of the best ones, thirty six at uh, PK. He uh, can't he's, go much much better from that, can
0: he? He's topped off the week with Victoria and uh, Yarra Yarra, so he hasn't. Um, oh gosh, he, <laughs> there's been no <laughs> slow start to this uh, academic writing season, and uh, anyway, he's had, had some great company uh, as we did the other day. Had young Ryan Glover. Ryan Glover is a young professional from America. Uh, has worked at places like Tara and currently uh, is on the off season at uh, National Golf Links of America. Just a young 28-year-old golf pro who just absolutely, if you wanted to sort of encapsulate what my love of golf is all about, you know, if that's playing golf, loving golf, loving a bit of architecture, like meeting people, doing a bit of travel, that sort of stuff, he is the uh, pin-up boy um, and we had a great 36 holes with him. Strongest grip I've ever seen in a professional golfer. uh, Had a swing like someone who I couldn't remember but just absolutely smashed it and it was just just a great uh, day to watch uh, someone like that. Tear it apart. Um, it was really good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, real yeah. golf. There was some real golf being played. The PGA Tour kicked off while we we're uh, on uh, our break at uh, the Century. We've got the Sony Open, which is about to start uh, tomorrow. We've got the DP World Tour already started in Dubai. Uh, yep. We've got the um, Australian Tour back on at the Heritage Classic. Uh, the return of the the event at the Heritage. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Oh, I've got the Master what's of the it? Amateurs, the Master of the Amateurs in Australia. Master of the Amateurs on locally, yeah. wow what's yeah. going on?
1: Lots so- happening, Roscoe, but it kind of feels like the golf has taken a bit of a backseat. It's been more about, uh, the, the headlines have been more about, you know, what, what people are up to, things that have changed, Rory's point of, points of view have changed on the whole Live um, product apparently. Um, there's been a tonne of change in sponsorships and apparel that people are wearing we might uh, tap into as well. Um Obviously the confirmed tiger chain. So lots of things happening kind of off the uh off the course as well that are kind of taking a backseat. seat. Well, the golf's taking a bit of a backseat. I mean, I must admit, Roscoe, I, I caught the highlights of um of the century, but uh but not much of it live. Um but yeah, I mean we may as well kick off and run through like what happened there very quickly, like in the, in terms of golf and then we'll get into the other stuff. But Chris Kirk come uh, with the sixth win, winning by one. Um I mean, I don't know uh, what else you saw, but a few of the other highlights that I saw was Heath had minus 10 in the last round. Um, there were some low scores. Was the winning score like minus 27 or, or 28 or something like that? So um, um, going super deep. Um, but, yeah, Jordan Speed started pretty well, so good signs for the season for him. Jason Day, one of those change agents that we'll talk about in a second, but he... He had a T10, um, so a good start for the Aussie. I think he was co-leader after the first round. Um, Cam Davis, the other Aussie, T54. Um, but, yes, yeah, Scotty Scheffler's putting woes continued as well.
0: Uh, yes, I apologise to anyone who's expecting a deep dive into the century uh, from myself because I didn't see a lot of it. I did have my eyes on uh, Sahith, who I was barracking for down the stretch. Um and I had my eyes a little bit on Colin. I don't know his stats, but I know that he put the new uh, QI10 into play. Mm. Uh, and the significant part about that is uh, he put the QI10 max uh, and most people, you know, if you see the max, it's the big, the bigger elongated head, you know, the very the most forgiving driver in the trio. And uh, most people would come in and think that that's for a 20 handicapper. And it just goes to show, you know, what the professional golfers are after when they jumping into the most forgiving driver that TaylorMade made and have ever made uh, to hit more fairways. And, uh, yeah, so Morikawa put that max in play and uh, so I sort of had a little bit of eye on him, but didn't, I didn't see a lot. But it was a great field, good bunch of players, um, good to see all the names that we know sort of up there right at the start. Um, but, yeah, Jason Dade, he probably got as much attention as anyone. Yeah. Um, it was
1: the talking point, mate. You switched to Melbourne. Yeah, um, The golf brand out of California, so uh, the, the up-and-coming golf brand, pretty young, I think it was formed in 2017 by Stephen Malbon and his wife, but, um, but yeah, definitely a different look for J Day um, coming out of his Nike contract, um, so those guys parting ways, and he signed with Malbon and sporting some kind of looser fits and baggy pants and really kind of bringing back that kind of 90s, 2000s um, look in that roomier fit. Yeah. Um, I did. I did like, kind of not like, like the uh, the pants that he was wearing, mate, with the, the print all over, um, very baggy and like you know, uh, print all over it. Definitely was a sight to to be seeing. Um, but yeah, look, hey, I don't mind it. Like I I I think good on him um, for trying something new. What I don't mind about it is the fact that Malbon is on tour. I mean, you know that I've got a few pieces of, of Malbon's gear. Um, actually got a lot of comments on my Melbourne uh, bag that the uh, teed up um, uh, event there the other week. So mm-hmm. that was interesting. It was like the, the day after J-Day's announcement. So I had a Melbourne bag and was kind of catching a lot of people's attention. So um, so it's definitely working for the brand, getting more getting more notice out there. Um, can, I ask, yeah, can I, I ask I a I question? I like that it's on tour.
0: Can I ask a question on that topic? Mm-hmm. Like before this J day melbourne alignment and you know the other players that melbourne have jumped into um would you have got anyone sort of asking you at the same sort of level or the same sort of curiosity about your melbourne bag
1: no and i wasn't sure whether it was the timing or just the the people that were there right because they're all like deep in golf they're all total golf nuts Mm -hmm. um on the course at the at spring valley like people would say oh that's a nice bag what is that what's that melbourne brand what's that undefeated brand because it's the Polab that they did with undefeated the sneaker boutique in in LA, um, but uh, yeah, it was definitely a lot more interest in that brand than that that day in particular. I wasn't sure whether it was the timing or the audience, mm. but
0: yeah, yeah. Look, uh, maybe in fairness, the Spring Valley you know conglomerate down there <laughs> might not be the exact target <laughs> market for Melbourne. Not, nothing against you know the all those private clubs sort of made up the same sort of demographic, um, but yeah, you know, certainly at the teed up day the, there was. A lot of people who would have been eyes on uh, what was happening, and they were certainly interested in your undefeated bag. You you love that bag, don't you? How much do. Do you in Very terms happy. of all your got worldly golf possessions? Where does mm. that one rank?
1: Oh, at the moment, it's up there. Um, I do, I do like the, the new head cover that I've just had made. Um, a friend of mine back in Portland, where she deconstructed a Nike Air Force One and turned it into a uh, into a head cover, driver cover. So that that's also up there. But um, but yeah, no, I do like that bag, mate. It's good. I lost a head cover
0: uh, the other day at uh, Peninsula Kingswood mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Okay. I
1: um, handed it into
0: Pro Shop. Maybe no, I didn't lose it that way. I lost it because, well, I'm an Arsenal fan, and. Uh, Ash Barty's husband, Gaz, is a mad Liverpool fan. The maddest Liverpool fan that you'll ever see. Uh, basically, when he's not playing golf, Gary is wearing a Liverpool shirt. Uh, I met him the day he had a Liverpool shirt on, and every time I've seen him outside of golf, he's always got a Liverpool shirt on. He is the number one Liverpool fan in Australia, I would say. And uh, I have been toting um, the Liverpool Open Championship Uh, head covers from Callaway and the putter cover and I had it on the other day and then Ash Barty walked past. So Ash and Jeff Ogilvie were filming a um, video clip, uh, an ad for Visit Victoria down at Peninsula Kingswood. I believe it's going to be on the tennis. Obviously Ash and Jeff being members down there and, yeah, they just walked past. and, uh, And it was the day after that Liverpool knocked Arsenal out of the FA Cup I was fed up with everyone asking me, oh, are you a Liverpool fan? Are you a Liverpool fan? Are you a Liverpool fan? And it happened that day. And they said, why well, have you got a Liverpool cover? I saw Ash Barty walk past. I went to my bag. I grabbed the head cover off the <laughs> off the uh, Callaway driver. I walked down to Ash, who I've met once or twice before at, at Callaway events, we don't know each other, but I, I know Gaz very really well. Uh, I rolled it up. and said, "Ash, can you give that to Gaz?" And she rolled it and She just started laughing. She said, "Oh, that'll match his um, putter cover that you gave him." I said, "Yes, I did. Uh, thanks very much." Tell him uh, that's for um, you know Liverpool beating Arsenal and knocking us out of the FA Cup. And she just laughed. And uh, I left him at that. So I did lose a head cover oh. um, the other day, which. Which um, I don't know how we got onto that uh, worldly possessions, but I don't have a Liverpool head cover, Gary. Um, Gaz, it's all yours. I'm sure you've got a few other head covers to uh, to call out, mate. I do. That's why I thought I thought oh, it's better better it with someone who really does appreciate it than than me because uh, it was it's a great head cover. But it was, it, was a good head cover. It's it a good head cover. Reminded yeah. me of Liverpool. Team, Liverpool FC too much, and I couldn't I couldn't bear it anymore. Um, you know what reminds me of my other favourite football team in Edinburgh, uh, mm. Scott. And I'm taking your lead here. Let's have a look at these bad boys. What's this? Oh, well, here we go. Oh, uh, look
1: at those. Here we go. Fresh set of kicks there, Roscoe. Well done for those um, listening at home.
0: I've I've taken the lead from Scott and, you know, got into some custom gear. And, and it was Scott, but it was probably Mike Caridi before uh, Scott, you know, that um, always piqued my interest in the the absolute fatuation with Nike and the and the trainers and the Air Forces and Jordans and I don't know the whole scoop on it I know the golf shoes because I've sold plenty and Made videos on plenty, but I, I never really understood the fascination with the um, the shoes. And I got served a, an email basically says, you know, you can custom order your own Nike Dunks or whatever they're called. I said, oh, oh wow. I, want, I, I want to be like Mike and Scott. I'm going to order yeah. a pair of these. So I, I thought, well, how can I customize these? And the only way that I could think of talking about football teams was um, my favorite Edinburgh Football team, Heart of Midlothian, um, which currently has three Australians playing in the in the lineup there at uh, over at uh, Tynecastle Park. So I've got some maroon and white ones with some black uh, black tonal sort of contrast bits. I've joined the team. I've joined the the, the dark side, Scott. Nice, Fantastic I never,
1: mate. I appreciate that. I did see a bump in the share price the other day. That must have uh, that must have
0: been it. So yeah, right. Thanks for the support. Uh, so there's there's something new, something something old, and something new. The Liverpool went out and the heart of a comes in. Uh, talk about tell, it. tell me, Roscoe,
1: is that something you would wear to a game if you were there locally? Would you wear that to the game in, uh, in your full
0: kit, like jersey, those shoes, all in the same colours? Uh, no. No? The, here they just look like red and white. Kicks over there when they're maroon and white, if you wear maroon and white in, in Edinburgh... Well, you are immediately identified as a as a hard of midlothian fan if you wear green or white, you're a Hibernian fan, but mm. you know the reality is there's still some tension and and many people just choose not to wear colours. um you know you don't see it like you do here but um no, I probably wouldn't you know it's more casual i might most of the I might wear a scarf you know a scarf's might sort of right. it but uh no, I think, my well, day, I think my days of wearing jerseys, someone said if you're over 40 and wearing a football jersey to a football game, then um, you know, you're trying to relive your past past years. So mm, I maybe have worn a Melbourne City jersey to a Melbourne City grand final a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah. no, anyway, I'm interested to wear those shoes. Uh, Nike? Jersey,
1: jersey, cult, jersey culture is back in back in trend. I mean, you, you could just be on the right trend, Roscoe, wearing your jersey around. But I'll tell you one thing, you'll be very safe wearing those shoes amongst friends down at Brookvale Oval or... Warringah Mall, around the Northern Beaches area,
0: very safe. Very safe. Well, it's uh, as you know, we do share our, our love of my first ever team that I followed in rugby league uh, was the Manly Warringah Seagulls and that is your team as well. Uh, I used to love the, the Eagles. I, I followed 19, 1987 grand final. Yes, Fatty Vorton, who I actually don't like anymore, um, but yeah. Fatty Vorton, Phil Blake, Desi Hasler, oh, that was a team... All the New yep. South Wales, we've, we've probably just turned off half of the New South Wales audience because they're going, "Oh Jesus, we've got a couple of manly fans." <laughs> oh, that's it. We're done. We're done yeah, with yeah. this. We're You're done with right these silver tails. Um, no, anyway. Uh, enough about Nike shoes on my feet, but what about the yeah. Nike shoes on Tiger's feet? Yeah, no more. They're finished. You, you brought it here first.
1: Yeah. Well. What the, yeah. I mean, we knew it was coming, Roscoe. We've been preparing. So, uh, so it was all being confirmed it has been on the cards for a good couple of years, hasn't it? I mean, the moment that he stepped into FootJoy, and and, um, you know, yeah, there's a massive kind of middle finger, I think, to the relationship with Nike um, for him to do that two years ago there at the Masters. But so the writing's been on the wall. Um, I did, I did really like the, Um, the kind of separation note, the announcement on both sides. And um, it's obviously a very kind of amicable um, breakup, which is a good thing. Hopefully they leave the Tiger Woods building as is and and leave that as a bit of a shrine to him. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's disappointing for sure. Um, It's going to be super interesting to see where it goes to uh, for Tiger, where he ends up and what he does. Plenty of rumours around, own brand, tailor-made apparel, um, Grayson, you know, different different stuff flying around but um, I haven't been able to uncover that uh, little nugget yet on where it's going to land. But I, I mean, if I was a betting man um, I would say he's, he's going to end up in tailor-made apparel um, and help drive their apparel business, to, um, you know, up to new heights potentially but, um, but yeah, it was a good run with Nike. I guess like I'm disappointed um, because as a product guy i would love to see a lot of their product retroed and and continue on and continue the product stories but um but that's not to be uh, um but you know tiger was a big part of like my passion for golf getting back into golf around that age that he that he came up i still remember him you know hearing and reading about him in in kind of 96 when he when he won that uh, third usm and then turned pro in um or 97, so around that time. So, yeah, it was um, it was a big reason for me to get interested back in golf. It was a massive reason for me to um, pursue a career at Nike and get after that and follow that dream, um, being a part of the stable of athletes at the time, very inspirational is what I, I, I found. So, yeah, it was um, uh, definitely end of an era and um, disappointing, but all good. Nike's big in the Tiger uh, and and you know Tiger's going to do something
0: great, I'm sure. The questions for me is, where does this leave Nike Golf? You know, is it this rumor of mm. it's going to be sort of licensed out to distributed by Strixon going to happen? Does yeah. does it happen the, the, at all? Like you know. To,
1: That's been announced. So, they're going to, so the distribution of it changes this year in the US. So, they're going to hand it off to a distributor. That distributor in the US also does Strixen. Um, So, it's not the actual Strixen brand, I believe, but that distributor has been distributing Nike Golf in Canada for a number of years. Um, And so, they're just taking on that distribution in the US, um, which I don't think is a bad thing um in terms of like just reach you know like nike hasn't invested in the resources of the team to get into every club or, or you know get into the second tier clubs or or um or really kind of deliver against like the retail options outside of the really big box so maybe this distribution strategy will change that and, and it actually will help grow the brand and and grow the portfolio um yeah, there's been rumours of them shuttering it right down. I don't think that's going to happen because, I mean, we see Tom Kim in a brand new pair of uh, prototypes at, at the Century last week. And so, you know, if they're investing in footwear innovation in golf, like they're not shutting the place down, mm. um, would be my guess, my take on it. But uh, who knows? Um, there's been a couple of other Nike guys obviously uh, not continuing on, so... We've seen Jay Day, a um, couple of other kind of lesser-known players that have kind of parted ways as well. But, um, but yeah, who, who uh, I don't see him getting out of it completely. But it's definitely not a focus. I think they're going to be focused on running and uh, and women's and um, uh, basketball. Jordan is taking a big um, a big part of the focus as well. So I, I can see like the golf um, strategy at Nike and in terms of like the, the sportswear and, and the culture and kind of the um, the more kind of, um, yeah, like cultural aspect of golf and where that's been headed, being driven by Jordan and the retro Jordan footwear product and, and what they're doing. They're now doing apparel, performance apparel in Jordan golf. So um, can see that being uh, a focus point for them as the Jordan brand expands into different categories and different
0: sports. So that's like what Keegan Bradley and um and uh what's his name the third just uh, yeah to,
1: um Harold Varner. Harold Varner the third um, um yeah, that's Tony what they were got Tony a lot of yep. Jordan golf shoes on um uh but yeah Keegan was kind of one of the first ones that and, and one of the only ones for a long time that wore like like they're full on custom shoes for him like they don't actually sell that model that that Keegan wears uh, interestingly enough but um but yeah and and um so you know there's a few like golf specific styles in that portfolio but there's um but that's also made up of like retro um Jordan basketball shoes with a golf sole put on the bottom of them and they change the upper and you know it, it's a different shoe but it but it's it looks and and kind of feels um the same as like a Jordan 6 or um, I don't know what's going to come this year, maybe the Jordan 5s so will have a year. They usually do like one model a year and just do multiple colors every quarter um, on that on that uh, shoe, and this year it was the the 6. So um, we'll see what happens in,
0: uh, in 2024. Now, back to you and your golf um, pantheon of accoutrements. Uh, you rocked out a new pair of TW13s, uh, Masters Editions, uh, down there at uh, 13th, uh, not 13th piece, the Sands. How, yep. Had they been tucked away since forever and you just pulled them out over Christmas or what was the story there?
1: No. So they were they were a brand new Vi. Um, so that, fir- that first came out in 2013 for the Masters. Um, it's, I think, the best tiger shoe that they ever made, um, the TW13. Um, and – yeah, they they must have been planning to retro it at the Masters in twenty twenty three as a ten year anniversary. Um, the supply chain and production everything has been so out of whack since COVID that like products are just missing launch launch dates and and everything. So my my, my guess is that it, they missed the Masters, so they were holding on to it. Maybe they would do it at the next Masters, um, but obviously the contract got um, killed and not continued. So. They, it's definitely a shoe that the golf community who knew about it wanted it. So, um, that, that, I think they just kind of got it out the door before the end of the contract. Um, so, it was a weird timing of when it came out into the market being around Christmas time. But um, I think that's probably part of the
0: reason why that's a guess. Would you um, be better off having, would you be have been better off to keep those shoes in a box or wear them on the course?
1: Uh, yeah, they're probably, if I had have kept them in a box, um, maybe they're worth some money in five years time, but I have to check it out, Roscoe, I don't know if it's sold out, like, usually shoes like that will sell out, like, very fast, but Mm. I think, you know, that hung around for a little while, like, like a a week or a couple of weeks, I'll have to check whether it's fully sold out now, but, um, I'd, I'd imagine it would be, and yeah, look, I think anything Nike, Tiger, if you've got it fresh in the box, um, unworn, it's probably going to increase in value. Um, it's funny you ask that, Roscoe. I've been packing up the house and uh, I don't have it here actually. Um, but once we get to the new house, I'll pull it out. But I've I've got a, a pack, still sealed pack, of um, four boxes of commemorative golf balls when Tiger held Nike golf balls when Tiger held all four majors at the same time um, and, uh, like, really, really nice, like, commemorative um, tin boxes and uh, and there's, like, there's, you know, information scripting and everything on every ball. Um, so it's really cool kind of storytelling of, of that moment and that time. Um, so I think something like that is going to increase in value um, over time, being Nike and Tiger together and, um, you know, a lot of history there and some good storytelling. But,
0: yeah, the shoes, pro- probably not, yeah. Okay. You know, as I said, I introduced you to my new Nike Dunks. I Actually, when, yeah. I, when I told you that I had them, I said, I've got some Air Jordans and, you, and you're and like within you did. .3 of a second, you said, they're not Jordans, they're Dunks, nowhere near the same. Went, oh, geez. Sorry, no, no what, I didn't say that. What have I done? They are, they are what have I done? News. I've offended you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to be like you and I've offended you by buying the Entry level. I just bought the A class, and I thought I was buying the S class. I'm sorry to all of the <laughs> Nike Nike arty out there. I bought the Dunks. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: You did, mate. That's okay. They're very similar, honestly. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I thought. <laughs> a bit cool. I've got some Air we'll Jordans. I got some we'll Air Jordans. Look at these ones. No, they're Dunks, mate. Sorry, duds. You're a dud. Ah uh, <laughs> dear. That's well, uh, So you are packing up. You're moving house. Uh, moving yep. to um. Another part of Melbourne. It's always a bit of a it's always a bit of a thing uh, moving, Uh, Scott. It's always a bit of a thing. It is moving, Uh, a big thing in in many people's lives that they do from time to time. Uh, I've always put it in my top sort of three least enjoyable things to do in terms of packing up a house and um, getting it ready to ship to another house. Uh, The last time I did it, the last time I did it was from South Melbourne to. Uh, South Melbourne of Mount Eliza. I had a heap of stuff in storage because we were in a small house in South Melbourne. Uh, It actually cost me more to empty my storage facility (laughs) full of junk after I had to go through it with the removalists uh, than it did to just pack up the belongings in the house. Um, I guess there's no better time like the current time, Scott, to, you know, you're packing up your house and moving. um, uh, You know, I've just sold my house here um, and it will soon be packed up and moved as well which you know about. Um, that's
1: right. And a little bit further than South Melbourne to Mount Eliza.
0: That's, that's really the point of doing this podcast. It's to, to announce um, that this podcast is, uh, is continuing, so don't worry. Uh, it's going international. Yes, it's the My Love of Golf podcast is going international. And um, we had a little bit of talk about Edinburgh football there before and we had a little bit of talk about Nike shoes and the colour of my Edinburgh football team and would I wear them to a game. I think you were sort of teeing me up to let everyone know that, yes, in 2024, uh, Ross and uh, Mrs. My Love of Golf will be moving to Edinburgh. There is the big news that I've been sort of sitting on for a while. Um, yep. A little while. It's exciting, mate. It's exciting. So, yeah, it's... Uh, we're moving. We're moving, Scott. We're moving to Edinburgh. And, yeah, that's great.
1: Um, back to the roots, Roscoe. Back to the, uh, back closer to the, to the, to the family heritage for both sides, right?
0: Definitely. And just to explain, you know, while well, people sit there and digest, or oh, use what, doing what? That's which the the response for most people that I that I was told in professionally, you know, business and professionally, and there's a, you know, you can imagine being invested in a golf, one of Australia's bigger golf stores there's a bit of process to get in and around that and there's supplies and there's, and I've told some people who don't know my background, but just to explain, you know, my background, parents are Scottish. They immigrated here in 69. I was born here and effectively, you know, raised as a Scottish kid, but born in Australia, you know, like we were very, very close to our Scottish heritage, you know, just, you see it with all, a yeah. lot of migrant cultures and, yeah, yeah. you know, just, just because we didn't come from a part of Europe or a part of Asia or whatever, you know, we had the same sort of upbringing as I equate to. You know, we were very, you know, the music, the parties, you know, the, the football club that my dad was part of, they're all Scots. And they all got together, and they all did what Scots do—they they ate, drank, sang, and the wife blithered away. And it was just a cacophony of Glaswegian Edinburgh accents in my early formative years, right through up till I was sort of like maybe ten or eleven, and uh, then it all changed. And um, so that was a big part of my life, and and maintained so. And as such, as everyone does know, you know, I've developed a very strong affinity for you know going there, visiting there, playing golf there, and. You know, my wife, Alex, Mrs. My Love of Golf, as we sort of jokingly refer to her, she is, I met her in Scotland. She is the real deal. She's Scottish-born uh, of Irish parents. So, you know, a little bit the same. Alex's parents moved to Scotland. She was born there, big family. Um, yep. So her, all her direct family are there. My family are still there, except my dad and my brother, they're here. My brother's wife and kids, they're here. And my son, um, he's here, he's 24. They're not coming. Just to clarify that uh, they're they're in Cessnock, and my sons in Melbourne. They're not coming, but just Alex and I made the decision that uh, we would change a few things in our life, and um, one of those things would be where we lived. Um, you know, we assess sort of we love where we live in Mount Eliza, not too far from the beach. You know, it's heaven for most people. It's, it really is a great spot. But for us, the way that we sort of the things that we like to do, and and how we want to sort of you know live i guess it's a little bit far from the city we're not beach people you know i've got you know the wider skin my my legs haven't seen a summer of golf in in six years because i wear long pants because i don't want to get sunburnt and all that sort of stuff um alex is not a sun person we just thought you know we either move to the city which is a challenge for her because she's got a small business down here we said Mm. no bugger just why don't we just move to scotland and just see see how that goes yeah. and you know it was sort of like it was a, it was a now or never the never scenario didn't sit comfortable with us you know and we didn't want never to happen so we just said let's do it now and uh exciting um you know the first question is people say well, what are you gonna do i don't know there's no big job lined up or anything like that uh i'll work that out and you know it's scary but i'm not stressed by it um i've always worked everything out regardless of where i've lived you know coming from new south wales to victoria was a big move you know, moving different careers, changing different companies, moving out of a very st- strong, safe career in the automotive industry, driving other people's luxury cars and all this bullshit that goes with that. Um, and then jumping into, you know, spending all the money I didn't have into a golf shop. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not averse to taking some risks in, in life. And, and Alex is misses a mum and misses a family and I've got a lovely family and I like being around them. I do like being around Lynx Golf. I do like being around, um, you know, going to watch the football. I'm... Yeah, you know, maybe one day my young uh, son who's twenty four uh, making his own way in football media. He might would love to see him follow media wise to um European football at some stage. who knows what happens with him. but uh, for now it's yeah, we're, we're moving and uh, you know it's all that process now where before we talk about it, like a bit of a fantasy, you know oh, we going to Scotland, you know um but now you know as we start to get quotes for removalists as we start to get, you know where are we are going to live because we can't move it into somewhere straight away we have to stay with family for a bit and all, all of those little things you know it starts to get a little bit more real and um a bit of anxiety level sort of a bit of nervousness and uh you know the thoughts of driving out of the driveway here which i've driven out of the driveway in this place for 22 years starts to become a bit bit real and uh so yeah that's what we're going to do and Going yeah. to do the podcast will still continue, and I'm hoping that it adds another dimension to it. You know, like obviously, you know we can, we can do our thing, um, time permitting. You know, we might look to maybe getting some other local um, Aussie-based uh, help there. You know, we've we've had some guys on in the past there with, um, you know, like PK is going to be running the Teepster program. You know, we might see a little bit more of PK. Hopefully, he doesn't know that yet. But uh, PK, when you do listen. Um, fully expect to be called on maybe a little bit more often. Uh, Pults, you know, we'll call on you a little bit more often. Um, There's a few people that we might lean into and and help us out. But, uh, you know, I know that when I've been in Scotland and other parts of the world and we've talked about golf and been able to showcase a bit of golf, um, I think everyone's enjoyed that. So I'm looking forward to, you know, flying a drone, (laughs) taking some photos, Um, annoying annoying a few people and, um, you know, just – Seeing what we can do and um, and sharing that with everyone that chooses to continue to listen. So yeah, that's,
1: no, that's exciting, Roscoe. I think um, you know, it, it's uh it's a big decision to move, even from Sydney to Melbourne. It's a big decision to move overseas. It's um there's a lot of uh you know trepidation around making that kind of decision. I think it's courageous um and awesome that you guys are making that call now and following something that you've been passionate about for a long time and that's your heritage and um and you know where your family comes from and the, the experience i think the big thing for me is you know you get to a point in life where you go oh, you just want to um you know get after experiences and just try and get get different experiences that you've maybe dreamt about or, or what and if that's living in scotland um maybe it's forever maybe it's for a little while and come back here but um but yeah i think and generally when you make those kind of courageous decisions that are based on a passion or something that you've you know dreamt and planned or thought about for a long time um you figure it out don't you and and, and it'll be bumpy there's it's not super easy um at all but uh there'll be highs and, and lows um but you'll figure it out and You'll have some family support over there close enough and, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see the golf club that you join um, and start posting about uh, and the different golf adventures that you get on over that, that part of the world when everybody knows how passionate you are about Lynx Golf and um, and that part of the world. So um, can't wait to see that passion come through, come through the lens, come through the microphone um, and see, you know, old, old man Roscoe over there in Scotland um, tearing up the Lynx.
0: Well, that's certainly part of the plan. And, and thank you. Uh, I know you understand because you've been there and have done that. Uh, you've moved your life and your family and everything else to other extremes uh, of the world. But yeah, that's that's the plan and I'm, I'm, I'll be right. But I'm sure that there'll be times when it won't be right and I'll be scratching my head. But I've made it my mission to, you know, embrace relationships and of the reason why we do this you know we've met so many great people through the podcast and made so many friends and to to go out and play golf and meet people and do that sort of stuff and and that's what really you know sort of gets me up in the morning and i've been privileged to be able to do that on previous trips to scotland know yeah, when we go as you know every other year for a, a month or so and the amount of good people that i've met and i just think well if it's been that enjoyable doing that on the, these trips i'm sure that that will hold me in some sort of decent stead to be able to continue continue that uh, well,
1: the big question the big question roscoe is look where are you going to join have you decided are you uh do you have a short list or um you're still going to work through it when you get there
0: no well there's still a, que- a question mark but this is the plan as i see it at the moment all the memberships are taken up there's no You can't join a waiting list at North Berwick. You can't join a waiting list at Gullen, which has got three courses, Um, and they're the two courses that you know. If you said I'm going to play golf in East Lothian, for me, Gullen would probably be my um, absolute preference. It's the waiting list closed. You can't even people get taken off the waiting list there. Like if you weren't 100 on the list or something like that, I think a whole host of people are being told that they're off the list. So you know, it's it's a hard sort of stretch to think that those sorts of places are ever possible. Certainly, you know, the mule fields and that's unobtainium for someone like me. There is Archerfield. That's a little bit like the, the National. Um, that's a debenture-type membership. So you pay a debenture. If one's available, you can buy that sort of saleable membership. It's Archerfield's next to Renaissance, but it's not really on absolute true links turf. It's a newer golf club, sort of private-ish. 30, but what I like about it, 36 holes, great practice facilities. Um, Gullen has three courses, reasonable practice facilities. You know, from coming from Peninsula Kingswood, you know that's what you get used to, and if you can replicate that, that's great. But you've heard me talk about Craigie Law in the past. I was a international member there, and it lapsed through COVID. But I'm pretty confident that because of I'm on the previous member list, or I'm on the list there, and, but basically, I think I'll be able to go back there and join yep. and you know what i'm really really excited about that the course is come along leaps and bounds i've made a heap of improvements in the last five years since i joined uh great practice full range um fitting center there got the a little six uh six hole short course it's right next to cool spindy overlooking the fourth of firth um it's a really nice members course so there's a whole host of people there um the Mukherjee Twins uh, originally started their golf at Craigie Law. I think they might play out a Gullen now, but the family, um, the Mukherjee family might be um, still members at Craigie Law. Now that's significant at the moment because one of them's leading the Master of the Amateurs uh, here in Melbourne at the moment. So yeah, Craigie Law might be uh, my home and I'm going to join Macrahanish as well. Macrahanish is in the middle of nowhere. like It's like in the Argyle Peninsula. It's four hours from... Glasgow Edinburgh they need members they they need people to come across there and and join and, and come and play and there's a category there that suits distance oriented members uh, nice. I've got some fr- friends that are in London that come up every maybe four or five times a year they've been really good to me in terms of um, supporting me with you know the few of the photos that I took last year using those and reaching out and wanting them um, I'm pretty happy I'm pretty happy to be able to maybe track across there once every month and spend a weekend in in um, in uh, Campbelltown or the surrounds, and and play some golf over there. So it's affordable, and that sounds extravagant. But it's golf in the, that level of membership in Scotland and the UK is quite affordable compared to you know what you get used to paying here for a, yeah you know, your club, my club, and and that sort of thing. So that's oh, that's exciting,
1: mate. Yeah, few few different options. But it sounds like you've been uh, working through the list and uh, and working it out. So. That's great. Can't wait to see it all come to life.
0: Yeah. So bear with me. Um, It'll be a bit of admin, uh, not admin, a bit of, um, you know, we'll have to get all this podcasty stuff worked through and, and get all that happening, but uh, we'll be right. We'll get there. We'll get it done.
1: Yeah, we'll figure it out for sure. Keep the truck going.
0: Uh, if anyone, there seems to be a whole host of people going to Scotland this year as well. We've got the Open on. We've got the uh, whole host of stuff. So if you are going, drop us a line. Uh, see if we can see you. Yeah. Uh, we've got some real... Golf being played. Sony open this week. It kicks off uh, tomorrow, our time. Looks like a reasonable field. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a few of the stars in the field. It looks like a fairly kind of run-of-the-mill, you know, week on tour, to be honest, Roscoe. There's a few new faces in there. There's uh, a few of the, as I said, the stars. Ludwig's in there, uh, Ludwig. Um, and uh, Matty Fitz is in there. Uh, Cam Davis is in there. So those guys are all um, showing up this week, but there's also a lot of the new new rookies um, that are starting out the year in Hawaii at this event. So, um, so yeah, it looks like it could be kind of the new kind of faces of the the weekly the weekly scene we'll see on tour. Um, haven't had a close look at you know the course of the field or anything um, in a great amount of detail, but but uh, yeah, I see Billy Horshel's in the field as well, um, but. A lot of people like this course, Roscoe. What do you know about this course?
0: To me, I think a lot of people really like it. I think they like this event there. The Sony, it's a very popular event. I think yep. the families and friends like going out there. I like watching it. But to me, the course, you know, when you have the contrast from the Sentry at Kapalua and then you move back to Wild Eye, which is relatively flat, you know, it's the one that's famous with the W palm trees at the back of whatever hole it is. Yeah, it looks all right. You know, I remember, you know, I think Robert Allenby was the one that made this famous for a number of reasons. He, I think he might have won here and oh, this, yeah. this was sort of where he got beat up as well or whatever. Yeah, happened, whatever happened to Robert. Yeah, no, I think. It looks like Carton TV, you know, like yeah. I don't know too much
1: about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I remember of it. It's uh, very flat compared to last week at Kapalua. Um, but, yeah, Camp Smith's a previous winner here. and Guys like Kucha are always kind of in and around the mix. I think Stuart Sink has been, you know, in and around it um, quite a bit as well here. But very flat compared to what they played last week, that's for sure.
0: Now, we have to be careful, obviously, by sort of not wanting to sound dismissive of the course. It is a Seth Rayner... Uh, design uh, with changes by Robert Trent Jones and um, a few others, but uh, most recently Tom Doak. But I did know that it had some architectural significance and anything that's got Rainer's name on it has some significance. So it's just an interesting different contrast between, you know, last week and this week. As I say, a lot of people love it and uh, love being there and love watching it.
1: Um, just noticing, Roscoe, it's very interesting. Like Cam Smith won in 2020 and his score, winning score was 11-under. Um, but every other year it's been 21, 23, 18, 17, 27, Justin Thomas, 24, 23. So it's been oh, – I wonder what was happening that year that Cam won uh, for it to be so low, it was windy or like weather-related or what. But, um, yeah, we'll see how low they go this week.
0: Uh, it's one of those things where you can remember it, but you can't remember it, for, especially mm. when you get to my, uh, my age, mate. Uh, I can remember, but I can't remember. <laughs> um, what I do – We'll say, uh, welcome back to Gary Woodland. He's, he's in the field. Um, you know, he's had his health, uh, battles last year, extracting, uh, the brain lesion. And, uh, it's good mm. to see him back. Um, is, uh, Zalataris playing? Is set to make you yeah, see, I think he is. Uh, so Zalatoris is, I believe he's playing, um, He's in. The European Tour players uh, that qualified, so we've got uh, Bjork, Alexander Bjork, Rio Hisatsune, uh, Robbie McIntyre, Matteo Pavon and Sammy Volomarki. Uh, so they're in the t- in the, in the field. I guess my um, love of having a top Scot has just had a whole new emphasis placed on it this year with uh, Bobby McIntyre moving in. So it's, it's got to be a three-horse race now out of Bobby McIntyre uh, Marty Laird, who's in the field, and uh, Rusty Knox, who's not in the field. So Bobby McIntyre's going to make uh, the Top Scott uh, chase, title chase a little bit more spicy this year. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's one that we'll be turning on and having a watch and enjoying the uh, beautiful surrounds of of uh, Maui and uh, so on and so forth. We've got some golf in Melbourne at the moment too. We've got the uh, Australian Tour kicking back up and running. And now I just had the details up here. They had the live scorecard obviously kicked off today. It's the Heritage classic the re-energized heritage classic brought to you by a new the sponsor is this new uh, weekend warriors apparel brand you know we talked about we talked about big departures from apparel sponsorships one of the big ones yeah. in, in the weekend warrior um market was the signing of Brody Harbison, long-term adidas uh australian golf professional ambassador and, and moved across to the weekend warrior brand and they are the title sponsors for um the event out there at the heritage classic which um matt griffin leads at the moment 11-under. Matt, Matt Griffin shot eight eight birdies out of the final nine holes today to, to, to be at the leader in the clubhouse. So have you got the rest of the scorecard up there, uh, Scott? I do, mate. We've got uh, Josh Greer, one
1: behind him at 10-under. Um, Jason Norris is there at 7-under, next in T3, along with uh, Crabtree, Cam John, Brett Coletta... Down the list here, yeah, uh, Josh Armstrong, Jack Carter, Jack Thompson, Matthew Docking. Where is Benny Eccles down here? Was he, I know he was playing.
0: Benny Eccles uh, is at T thirty four, so he shot three under, and yeah. he's T thirty four. Okay, Benny Wharton's
1: going okay, same place, T thirty four. He was at the event there the other day, donating his time on the par three, so that was good fun to meet Benny.
0: Uh, if you want, if you want to follow a good um, social media account, Benny has his own social media, but he has just started a coaching um tips social media account ben wharton w-h-a-r-t-o-n uh go and follow it and give uh, a young pro some support you know benny is a australian touring pro but you know like these guys don't make thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars like their pga tour counterparts do you know they all if they have sponsorship and they make a living out of out of golf you know they work pretty hard to sustain themselves uh, for the year and trying to chase that elusive you know dp world tour card and so on and so forth um Benny Wharton is one of the you know week in week out warriors. You know, speaking of week in warriors, you know week in week out warriors in the Australian tour, he's always there and thereabouts. He maintains his card, but you know he coaches. You know, he's he's coaching on full swing golf simulators out there at uh, I think Big Swing Golf uh, Preston. Um, So if you want to get a lesson from a Tour Pro, uh, you can see Benny out at Preston and get a lesson out there, and I think he's doing really well. But he's also got this new social media account with has got some great tips, and, and we know that any, everyone loves watching tips, golf tips on uh, social media, so go and give Benny Wharton a follow there. Uh, Daniel Gale, all, some great players in that group, you know, like when you just look at the talent that's in this um, range of Australian Tour Pros, there's so many, you know, great young golfers uh, there or thereabouts. You know, some that have been around for a while, Matthew Griffin, Caught up with Matthew Griffin for the Drummer Golf uh, staff Christmas lunch uh, just before Christmas. He's fairly realistic about his golf. He's had a bit of a break, and and there he is back out there. He comes back out first tournament and he shoots eight under, uh, 11 under, sorry, uh, with eight birdies on the trot. Uh, a couple of Cam John, we've talked about Cam John. Brett Coletta is a superstar waiting to be unleashed. He's just absolute absolute ball striker young jack carter who we mentioned a young fellow from south australia been tracking jack carter uh, for a number of years he you know was missing cuts three or four years ago and now he's up at the pointy end um these are all great young golfers nathan page a bit of a prodigy you know uh, child prodigy out of the national turn pro you know we've watched him go from like jasper Stubbs, like 13 years old young kid that was I think he came into the shop one day and I was sort of talking to his dad and I said, well, what's the young fella playing off? And and I sort of was like, is he like 10 or 9 or is he going all right with his golf? How's he going? His old man says, yeah, he's playing off plus one down at the National, mate, I think he's going all right. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Nathan Page, uh, he's doing all right. Yeah, anyway, uh, that's out at the Heritage. It was good to see that the Heritage did not get as impacted as some of the other clubs in Melbourne by... Uh, the downpour of water that we've had and the residual water coming down the Arrow River. They had some flooding Monday uh, and it drained off in time for the course to be bounced back pretty, pretty well. I believe it's all looking fantastic out there, which is great because the players love the heritage, uh, that course out there. It looks really good. Um, in Melbourne, the WPGA Tour event uh, that kicks off the women's season was, had to be cancelled this week. Uh, it's at Latrobe. We've talked about it in the last couple of years. It's sponsored by Drum and Golf. I keep talking about Drum and Golf. I'm not going to be able to talk about Drum and Golf anymore because it's not going to be part of my life. Um, that's one question that people ask me. Oh, what's happening to Drum and Golf? I said, no, we're just yeah. going through the process. And, you know, I can't run a Drum and Golf store from uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. So, um, yeah, that won't happen. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, Latrobe, Q, Freeway Golf, and mm. I'm not sure about the other courses over there, but all impacted by water, very, very, very sadly, because we know that they absolutely were devastated with floods this time last year and yeah. twelve weeks before that, so two times. So unfortunately, that WPGA event has had to be cancelled uh, or postponed. I think it's cancelled. And then the other event we've got is a Master of the Amateurs. Again, um, lucky that's on the sand belt. I was down there Monday. There was 60 millimeters of rain in Melbourne on uh, Monday, which is yeah, it was insane. Three months worth in a day. And uh, Southern was underwater. There was fair floods on the greens, floods on the fairways, the bunkers were all full. And uh, I believe that those guys down there worked absolute miracles to get the course and prepare it for you know, a World Amateur Ranking uh, amateur event um, down there at Southern. It looks magnificent. OCM have been doing some work down there for a number of years and the course, I hadn't been to Southern, played it for a while. They obviously, didn't get to play it in the AMM. I was going to call it a pro-AM, but it's an AMM. am um, So I missed that on playing with some... Um, elite amateurs which is sad but uh, uh the course look great you know the, w- whatever they've done down there it looks absolutely fantastic who's leading them um, i said that before the young muckagy from uh, scotland is leading hopefully he can get the chocolates tomorrow. His last day tomorrow is 11 under and there's top of the table is a whole host of australians um one of them one of them in the top sort of 10 12 is one of your guys scotty yeah, that's right, mate. Sid, young
1: Sid, we've talked a bit, a bit about on the pod. He had a great first uh, couple of rounds and was sitting at third, but um, he shot a 75 today and he's uh, he's down at the T10. But I mean, playing incredible golf in amongst some of the best amateurs in the world and uh, definitely looking like he's holding his own. So um, hopefully he has a good day tomorrow and finishes nice and high and cheers the top 10 in this event would be a heck of a way to kick off 2024, wouldn't it?
0: Uh, absolutely. And as we were talking off air and, you know, we've spoken about Sid previously, uh, it's great to see his development. It's really is a living, breathing sort of case study for, for you, I guess, to see a young fellow who, you know, lent into you and, you know, you lent into him, as a identified him as a great young man, a great young talent, just needed to get a few breaks and maybe get a, his mental game right. And, you know, I see him walking at the Sandbelt Classic now, chest out, smile, you know, his confidence is just there and uh, you probably wouldn't have said that six, eight, 12 months ago. So it's just good to track his development. He's not on the radar of – well, he's definitely on the radar now, but, you know, he's not a name that most people would sort of put in their little black book or, you know, definitely is one that you should put in there, as is Phoenix Campbell. You know, who's the leading amateur at the Sandbelt and he's T7. Uh, has already mm-hmm. won a professional event on the uh, in Queensland there earlier on or later on last year. Um, great player, Billy Dowling, another name that – you know, when the Asia Pacific Amateur was on, he was the Australian team, a lot of people were walking around going, who is Billy Dowling? Because he was like leading for the first or, you know, he was in the top three for the first couple of days and not many people had heard of Billy Dowling. Uh, but very, very talented young golfer from the Surface Paradise Golf Club. Uh, keep that name in your black book of uh, golfers. And, um, Yeah. Zach, uh, Zach May, I don't know about Zach May. Harry Takis, uh, a great young fellow from, also from the Gold Coast. He's uh, down, he's T18. Uh, I wish I had more time to get out there and, and watch it. And if you have um, been out there, I'd love to hear from you if you've been watching The Master of the Amateurs. Good series good of... Good stuff. Well, I was just going to say, and just closing off The Master of the Amateurs, is uh, the past players. You know, Past players like Tommy Fleetwood have played there Ricky Fowler's won, Jason Day won, Sahith the Gala's won there. Um, there's a whole host of players that have had this tournament on their radar. So maybe Oliver Mukherjee might be um, certainly a name for the future, we know that. But uh, maybe we'll be talking about him like a uh, Sahith the Gala or a Tyrrell Hatton or a um, mm. one of those. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a cracking name, so I hope uh, we do get to use it quite often. One thing that came out today was uh, Minwoo Lee signed a new apparel sponsorship with Lululemon. So he's going to be the first PGA Tour player to be sporting the Lululemon brand out on, uh, out on tour. So uh, big move for that brand to sign an up-and-coming PGA Tour superstar um, as their first foray to golf. I don't um, think it's their, exactly their first, but let's call it their first.
0: I've been quietly watching the sort of uh, incursion of Lululemon uh into the golf space. Uh was playing a little bit of golf with a former uh employee of theirs who you we know, worked in some athlete ambassadorial sort of things. He was working with like Dennis Armfield and um a few other bits and pieces there. And yeah, you know, they he was telling me, oh, we've got some golf gear, we've got some golf pants and all of that sort of thing. I so thought I didn't really equate Lululemon with golf. But certainly as an apparel brand, you know, you can see how it would naturally fit into being on their radar. And uh, if you put ten people in front of the executives of Lululemon, I think Min Wu would have to be number one on the list, and you couldn't go past him. I don't care who you put there; you know he was probably the best fit for that brand that you could see. And and imagine the the markets that it's going to open up for them with him draped in Lululemon golf and huge. It's huge.
1: Where do we get from there From their perspective, I think you're spot on, Roscoe. I think it's a for me it's an it's an interesting one for him because. You know, it's just an in- interesting kind of uh, brand alignment in terms of like that. That brand is, oh, I could be wrong here. There's just, but the, that that brand is known as a women's athle- athleisure brand, and um, high performance. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, definitely at the forefront of like women's performance athleisure wear, and they they obviously do way more than that. But I think that that would be the general perception of it, and so. For them to kind of, you know, whereas I did, I wouldn't put, I didn't think that would be a good fit for Minwoo, um, but they could prove me totally wrong with different styles and and everything. I thought Minwoo would have been um, on something a little more edgier, let's say. That, um, it's a little that, bit surprising.
0: And ask that question of when? I, I agree, and I guess what I said was from the executive's perspective of Lululemon going, "Hey, we've got to pick one of these players. Who do we pick?" and you know Minwoo is one of ten. You know you're putting him to the top every time. Mm. Your perspective from the Minwoo side of it is, yeah. where where you know is that what I want to wear? Like he's been he's a pretty cool sort of dresser, young sort of a you know funky. Mm. I don't know much about that Korean brand that he was wearing, but you know he always looked fairly sharp and a little bit avant-garde. Um, when when does when does uh, <laughs> Minwoo say no? Little lemons not me or is, is it, if. They would have, I can only imagine, sat him down and presented, this is our vision, this is our vision for you, this is where we are now, this is where we want to go, we want you to help us get there. And, uh, you know, we see Lululemon in all of the elite golf clubs or elite golf shops or whatever it is, whatever the strategy mm. is, online to all of the young funky ones. I don't know. Um, I guess they've had to really sell that and, you know, then all of a sudden put a big blank check or, you know, a check with a lot of zeros Um in front of him to entice him to um, be part of that journey. But I can't yeah. imagine that they've painted a very strong vision and you'd have to sort of say, well, I don't think we're not going to see the growth of that type of brand. Um, so many, you know, the, the, the Melbourne thing, so many different brands popping, popping up and popping into different spaces. It's, it's an interesting time. It's going yeah. to be an interesting time golf full stop. The other thing we haven't talked about is Rory. So we should, you know, this leads into this whole interesting time. Clearly we didn't get a resolution on the PIF-PGA Tour alignment. Uh, that's been postponed. Clearly the Fenway Sports Group are still lurking as supporters of the PGA Tour and working through that. I, I, I don't know much more detail other than that, but there's a period of change in the winds. Rory's messaging, you know, now you might not say that he hasn't always been pro-global golf, but he's certainly making more of a noise about it now outside of the wings of the, the PGA Tour sort of steering um, body that he was under there before. It's a lot going on. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, he's definitely – it kind of sounds like he's a little freer in uh, what he feels like saying publicly um, these days. But, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he was on that podcast there the other day, the Stick to Football podcast um, with Roy Keane and a few of the other guys talking about – they were asking him a lot of questions about football uh, but also live and and kind of his uh point of view and where he thinks it might end up and I guess he just laid out like where he would like to see it um finish up and uh 12 months ago or however long ago he was um um you know probably publicly saying that he would'd like it to finish up um rather than where should this all end up together but he's now talking about it end up, ending up um in a kind of compromise and a and, and all back together, which I think would be the best thing. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of narrative, a lot of social media around, oh, he's changed his point of view and he's flipped and he's finally seeing the light. And, you know, this kind of passive aggressive tweets from Phil um, about not piling on him and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm not sure that he um, has changed his point of view. I think he's just embracing reality a little bit more and um, going, well, hey, if there's going to be all this money in it, well, then um, here's where we should spend it and here's what, you know, a, a global tour might be able to look like um, if everyone's uh, back playing together, which ultimately everybody wants wants to happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess hopefully we'll find out more in the new year, Roscoe, about what's happening I'm hearing that it's, you know, they're working towards like the Masters or just a little bit closer to the Masters and buy themselves another... Another uh, first quarter of the year to get a deal or an agreement done.
0: Yeah, look, you can see how he was the company man, and but I, I'm pretty confident that whatever, whatever he's saying now, his beliefs were always that. And but he was the company man there, and rightly or bash him or not bash him, I, I don't think anyone should. But you know, he's saying what he thinks now, and he's a little bit freer in it. What, what we all like down this part of the world is that he thinks that the Australian Open should be an absolute signature event. South African Open should be a signature event. Some tournaments in Japan, Singapore, South Korea all should have signature events where the best golfers in the world should be playing at and be prepared to play at and it just needs the investment from – Maybe within America, with outside America, you know, but he's saying that if they get the investment, these tournaments would be great because when he talks about Australia specifically, they're playing on the best courses and the golfers want to play on the best courses. The best, the golfers of the world want to see the best go- courses. Um, it makes sense. Great tournaments yeah. with a rich history of the best golfers in the name. It's not something that's new. When I say bring the best golfers to Australia because, you know, it's a cool place to go everyone mm-hmm. ross told us everyone's going there for the summer to play Sandbelt golf awesome let's do that it was what it how it used to happen um you know you see the this cup in sydney there and you see those names in there i've got a photo of it there somewhere with all of those names it's so all, the, all yeah. the legends of golf so rory's being real He's talking about what we sp- what we've spoken about before, you know, it's more like Formula One. There's so many Formula One references, which you go back three years ago, we were talking about golf and being like Formula One. It's gotta be able to exist. It's gotta be able to exist like that. And the stars of the golf should be have should be able to travel. Not all of yep. them charter a plane, bring them down here, put them on tour. I don't know. Done. They don't yeah, need, they've well, got their I mean, own the planes. Yeah, the amount of money
1: that's been thrown around, Roscoe, you would think that that would be the least of their worries is like, you know, getting transport to and from them. Um, yeah. And then I...
0: I, I How did the, but the I thought, Formula One drivers do it. You know, okay, they don't have a week in, week out schedule. They don't have a week in, week out schedule. But, you know, this is this reform of this elite level of top, top end golf. You know, could it, does it have to be yeah. week in, week out? Can it be yeah. twice a month? for All of these guys, and here is the global tour. The, the precious, you yeah, know, look at Lewis Hamilton turning up what he dresses in, and he like he's an sh- absolute showman. Mm. He, he wouldn't get out of bed if it wasn't worth his while, so to speak, but he can get up out of bed, turn up, you can fly where in his jet, wherever these guys can do the same. Yep, turn up,
1: yeah, but Bahrain, I guess, they're, they, you know, they're, they're paid, he's paid so much money as part of that team like he has to do that like that that that's the deal that's his job that's that. he's part of that team and that's the circuit and that's what happens i get that um, but uh yeah i'd love to see a circuit like that um truly of you know global world world um tour of golf for sure um yeah teams or individuals um and I think people will probably listen to that and go, well, that's what Liv is. Well, I don't think Liv have totally nailed it yet. But um, there's, as we've said a lot of times, like there's a lot of good things um, that I like about Liv, but I don't think it's the uh, it's the answer just yet.
0: Back to the original point when we went on to this final little bit of um, analysis is that there's a lot of change happening. The power brands is just the top, of, you know, not the top of it, whatever part, you know, the power brands is the start of it. Golf Mm -hmm. Club manufacturer sponsorships, you know, they're they're changing. You're seeing a lot more free agents, a lot less people, part of, you know, brand associations with the big brands, um, a a lot changing. Uh, Did you say that um, uh, one of the Adidas players is... Yeah, Xander's out of Adidas. So, yeah. Into? um, What's he into? Does he... I think it's uh, DeSante, I think, is the brand. Okay.
1: Um, Been around a little while. Um, So... Yeah, they're not kind of super new, but they're not a prominent brand. But yeah, interesting that he's out of his Addy contract for whatever
0: reason. He was a, he was their guy for a number of years. Um, yeah. The only question I'll ask about Liv is obviously they're still starting, um, still deciding on who some of the players are going to be in some of the, the lineups. Um, I think John yeah. Rahm's team is going to be made up by some of the new starters. I'm not sure all of them. He's got this name sorted out, Legion 13, or which has some – you know, links to the history of the part of Spain that he's from, and the Roman Empire, and the, all of that. Um, right. Who's your tip for the vacant spot on the Australian team? Who do you think is going to get that? <laughs> if you th- if you th- if you think that it ha- if you think that it's going to be an Australian team, and they will Cameron and um, Leash will choose an Australian or will want an Australian, who would it be? Yeah, I.
1: I would be absolutely guessing, Roscoe. I've got no idea. I couldn't even think of like who would would it be. And then why? Why isn't it like Travis Smythe or, um, uh, you know, one one of the guys that have kind of dabbled around it um, previously? Um, Wade Ormsby, like, why isn't it one of those guys that have been in and around it?
0: Um, but what already? if you what if know. what if you're shooting bigger than no disrespect to Wade and Travis, great men, great golfers. What if you were shooting for a caliber of golfer that was up and alongside Jones Leishman? No, not Jones. um yeah, the, the, uh, the Cam Jones, Cam, and Matt Jones. Cam Smith, Cam Smith and Leishman. What would you? Who would you? Who would you say? Where would you go?
1: Oh, I guess you'd have to shoot for people like Cam Davis and um, obviously Adam Scott's not interested. Um, I don't think old oh, mate uh, Lucas is going to get a gig. Um, in that team, but you um, would be shooting for those kind of guys, I guess. Um, yeah, or someone, you know, even like someone that'll come from the Aussie PGA Tour, the Australasia Tour at the moment, like whether it's Tommy Powell, Horan or any of those young and up-and-coming guys, like they'd be, um, they should try and
0: get one of those guys um, a gig in the, in the squad. Mm-hmm. What about you? Who do you reckon? I think we'll see the names at the more pointy end of the PGA Tour field. Rather than the names at the non PGA Tour level, um, someone from that ilk move in. My tip, I'm not going to say a name, but I think I think it'll be a bigger name than a smaller name. Right, that's my tip. Sounds
1: like you know more than you're saying, Roscoe.
0: No, uh, no, no, no. I, I thought I thought Peninsula Kingswood I thought Peninsula Kingswell <laughs> was getting the Presidents Cup. I thought I knew more <laughs> than I was saying then, and I was wrong. So I'm just saying that I think that it'll be a bigger name rather than a smaller name in that uh, vacant spot. Uh, there you go.
1: Well, I mean, they don't have long, Roscoe. No. So,
0: I mean, it's the first event is like two weeks away. Let's see. It's going to give us some
1: more stuff to talk about. But I think I, I think what's not good, Roscoe, just quietly and it's getting late now and I'm getting ma- You're ma- getting Frustrations have come out. But, um, I mean, we're two weeks away from the season starting and we don't know who's playing on what team. There was supposed to be a draft – was there a draft? I don't know. Like, I hadn't even seen that the John Rams team had been named. So, um, and yeah, I'm I, um, surprised that I hadn't seen that come out. I haven't gone looking for it, obviously, but um, to not come across it um, feels like, yeah, maybe their comms is, uh, is missed again. But the fact that we're two weeks away and fans don't know what they're cheering for um, is. Like I think, I mean that—that that just kind of sums up where Live is, is is at for me, to be honest. Um, in terms of organisation and everything, like, like I said, there's a lot of things I like about it, but the—the the fact that we're two weeks out and no one knows who's on the team is—is is silly.
0: Mm. No, I don't disagree. So I can see why you would be frustrated. I can see why you might be frustrated if you're a Live uh, diehard. Um, if you can be a diehard after two two years, but um. Yeah, there certainly are some people out there that would be asking the same question. I don't know where I picked up that about Rahm's team name. The team hasn't been named, but the team name, uh, something that flashed across in front of the eyes there, um, which I would have read. I can't say that maybe it was Golf Digest or not. I'm not sure. Text
1: from
0: John? uh, No, no. um, He hasn't got my Australian number.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he got your uh, Scottish number. Yeah,
0: right. See, (laughs) all the little things that have got to change, like, these things, jam- oh, geez! I've got to have a British phone. Phone. Like I've, the long and the short of it is, mate, we're going to have plenty to talk about, plus a whole, plus a whole host more this year. Uh, we're back. Uh, 30 minutes turned into an hour and 30 minutes, just like that. We'll um, move on and uh, we'll come back. Uh, will we come back next week? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, we, we will. Yeah, we'll come back next week. I
1: think week. we will. Okay, yeah, great. I'll, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm moving into the, uh, the podcast studio um, in the next couple of days, so I have to get it all set up and ready for the first broadcast. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, and you've got the, you will have the proper podcast. You've got the roadcaster pro on hand there now. And, uh, sky's the limit, sky's the limit. All right, guys. Uh, thanks very much for tuning in for this long. Really do appreciate it. A lot of news to cover off a lot of news. Thanks for listening to my news and, uh, me articulating that. And, uh, if anyone wants to ask any questions, drop me a line or do anything, have any questions around, uh, life golf in Scotland? Well, please do. I'm happy to answer all points. Uh, that I can and uh, I guess we're looking forward to seeing you next week and the week after and uh, hopefully as many weeks of this year uh, as we can as uh, this wonderful world of golf that we uh, are obsessed with and love um, continues to evolve. Until next week, Scott, uh, we'll see you next week, eh? See you then.